Once again, everyone, and welcome to another fabulous week. It is another great day to be alive and to have a great day. I want to welcome you to Rediscovering Your Passion and Purpose with Patty. And as you are learning, if you've been hanging around for a while, I am your host, Patty Stulen, and I am the Chief Pathfinder of Pathways with Patty. My guest on today's episode is Michelle Johnston, the powerhouse behind fiercely authentic coaching. Raised with strict ideals, she married young and became a devoted mother of four. For years, she masked her struggles to fit society's perfect mold. But when her kids grew, she prioritized self-care. Pushing a truck full of kettlebells was her aha moment, revealing in her incredible strength physically and mentally. Michelle dove into fitness and embarked on a journey of self-discovery, self-love, adventure, and grace. Now, as a life and empowerment coach, she empowers fierce women to rediscover their authentic selves, fall in love with their quirks, and live life unapologetically. Michelle, it is a pleasure to have you here today. How are you doing? Fantastic. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, it is it is a pure joy. And as we were just talking about everything that I know that our audience is going to be hearing today, uh, I feel that no matter what age you are at, you are going to either discover something about yourself, rediscover something about yourself, learn something about possible future. You you are the total package. And I it, once again, I'm so excited to have you here. Um can you please tell us about discovering your, your passion and purpose and then rediscovering passion and person and, and just tell us about your story and what's led you to this point? Yeah, absolutely. So um, as you shared, I grew up in a really strict religious um, upbringing, upbringing family um, with a lot of like ideals of um how a woman, a wife, and a mother should be. And um, I, those, um, you know, those uh, roles were very uh, much instilled in me. And uh, so I thought I had to be this perfect little package. Um, I got to about the age of 18. Um, I had a little rebellious stage in there. Um, you know, I kind of discovered like, who Michelle really was. And it was everything that I was not supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> and I had fun with it. I like that side of Michelle. But there was that little nagging voice like this is this is not what you've been told you're supposed to be. This is not how you're supposed to be acting. Um, you know, all the things that I wasn't supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And so around the age of 20, I kind of started buckling down a little bit. I was like, okay, so I'm getting to that point in my life where I need to start thinking about settling down because mm. that's what I had been told. <laughs> yes. The societal norms. Yeah. Yeah. I needed to start thinking about finding a husband, settling down, having children. And so that's exactly what I did. Um, I went back to church. Um, I found a young man who was super conservative and traditional. And I thought, okay, 
perfect. He's going to reel me in this crazy girl and he's going to level me up to what I'm supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And, um, I ended up married and, um, having my first child at 23 Mm-hmm. And I fully embrace that role as a mom and a homemaker wife um, in this uh, religious, um, you know, structure. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that and that was my new identity, that mm-hmm. little crazy redhead Michelle that came out for two years as she was stifled back inside <laughs> <laughs> and I dove had I just everything was erased and I was I went head first into um uh all the instruction um that I and uh teachings that I'd been raised with and during that time you were fine with all of that is that correct I mean you I mean yeah. it's not like you felt like you were having to pretend to be somebody you weren't you just yeah. felt like this is the way your life was was meant to be Yeah absolutely um you know I didn't really anticipate um becoming uh, pregnant with my first child at 23 I thought you know we'd wait a couple of years but it happened and for me that was my purpose I like knew I was meant to be a, a mom. I, I wanted a large family. In fact, I remember I'm the oldest of five kids. And I remember uh, thinking, I want to outdo my mom. I want to have six. Oh, the <laughs> challenge. Yes, the <laughs> challenge. I want to have six. I knew I wanted a large family. And um, being um, a mom just uh, was second nature to me. So mm-hmm. um, I totally and embraced it and, and didn't think anything of it. Okay. Um, uh, you know, we, and I lived life like that. Um, I, um, for several years, probably, I want to say probably the first five or six years, I was totally okay with it. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I started having, you know, like my little meltdowns, I wasn't very happy and it started, um, coming out, um, you know, being confrontational with my husband or, um, you know, I just wasn't feeling fulfilled. Mm -hmm. I, um, I felt like there was, there was more, I loved being a mom and my days were super busy being a mom, but there was something inside of me that I was not being fulfilled and I wasn't completely happy. And what about what age was this at? Um, about 28, okay. 27, 28. So by this point in time, I, um, had two children and I was pregnant with my third. Okay. <laughs> so you're full into motherhood, full into motherhood. And, and I started in hindsight, um, realizing I wasn't happy. I think I was, uh, that's when the real self-discovery kind of started trickling in, mm-hmm. um, I, I would get upset and have, um, you know, these issues with my husband and, um, afterwards, um, I would pretty much check myself and be like, there's something wrong with myself. I shouldn't be responding this way. I shouldn't be melting Mm. down. I shouldn't Mm -hmm. be, I shouldn't be unhappy. I have everything. I have a wonderful husband. I have a house. I've got three kids. I've got everything, Mm -hmm. but I I wasn't happy. So I kept thinking that there was something wrong with me because Mm -hmm. I wasn't happy and I should be right. Right. And, um, 
And so I'd go seek therapy, you know, work my way through it, talk it out and whatnot, feel better. And then life would just move on until the next time it happened. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it was kind of a cycle, like every few years. Mm -hmm. I I would kind of have this cycle. And again, in hindsight, looking back, I realized that um, I was going through like growing pains and Mm. evolving and Mm -hmm. I didn't even realize it. So um, all these like little baby things. And then um, eventually, uh, let's see, I was probably 38 years old, 37, 38 years old. And my youngest um, went off to preschool. And that's when I really had to all of a sudden sit with myself because now I had no one at home to focus on. It was just mm. me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, that's where I was like, okay, I can only clean the house so much. There's only so much laundry to do. There's only so much grocery shopping. I can't be going to Costco every day to fill my hours. (laughs) There's only so many samples you can sample. There's only so many samples. I can't just keep walking around. And that's, and, and that's when I really had um, my first little pivotal phase where I was like, okay, now what, um, who is Michelle? What do, what makes me happy outside of my kids, which is pure chaos. So it's happy, but in a weird way Uh and organized chaos, organized chaos. Exactly. (laughs) I have a mug that says that or (laughs) organized chaos. That's my life. Um, Uh, Yeah. What do I, what do I enjoy? I don't even know. What are my hobbies? Um, Mm -hmm. Well, outside of trying to always make like the perfect Pinterest crafts to keep up with the next mom at church, you know, like, (laughs) you know, I, that's all my life was. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I really had to kind of start digging deep and um, start this process of rediscovering myself and, what I liked, you know, what Mm -hmm. were my interests, what kind of brought me like little bits of joy in my day. Mm -hmm. Well, real quick, Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, you used a term which I find very interesting. And I also find very enlightening is you use the term hindsight, you saw that you were going through um, growing pains. Mm -hmm. And I really think that uh, in society for women, anyways, we, you know, we're we're told so much about, oh, women mature faster than men. And usually by your mid, you know, 20s, you stop growing, blah, blah, blah. And I think for a lot of us, we think that that means physically and mentally, Mm -hmm. we have stopped growing, so to speak. And what the way that you just said that it is absolutely true because there are so many different phases in our lives that it is it's, it is a type of growing pain that you're doing because your situations change, your environments change, the people you surround yourself change because our interests change as well. So I, I like that analogy about you were you were going through growing pains. And right now, once again, now your last child is in preschool and it's like, who am I? What am I? Because your identification was wife and mother mm-hmm. and not that there was anything wrong with that, but now what were you? Yeah. And, you know, so I kind of struggle with that, like wording around that too, because, um, 
you know, a lot of women were like, well, I love my children. I love my role as wife and mother. Like, that's what I meant to be. And I like, I love, I love my children and, you know, and my life. And yeah, I absolutely did too. But I also like learned that it was okay to find happiness as an individual mm-hmm. as well. Um, my family didn't have to be my main source of happiness. I was allowed to ha- have um, happiness, have uh, other interests as an individual human being, as an evolving and growing human being. And so that was a hard, I, I struggle with my wording because I don't want to offend people in a way. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, don't be mistaken. Like I love my life and my family and my children, but I also realize it's so important important in the self-love, self-care, self-trust aspect to have my own individual identity too, yeah. which I didn't have before. Well, and I, and I do totally understand that because my mom at one point, I was probably in my forties or fifties when she happened to mention that, you know, um, it was always interesting because she did for a slight moment, not really lose herself, but she was, she was either Patty or Scott or Kim's mom, or she was Bob's wife, or she was somebody's, you know, grandmother or, but where was she as as Carolyn, who, who, who was that person and what was it? And when, when she said that, because I'm just thinking you're my mom and she always wanted to be a housewife and a mother. And she was, and continues to be absolutely fantastic. I think it's, I've mentioned it before with another guest. I think it is the hardest job on the, on the planet, especially if you're doing it correctly, I so to speak. And my mm-hmm. mom was perfect at it. But yeah, same thing when us kids, you know, we were getting out on our own. It's like, then who was she? So I I understand perfectly uh, what you're referring to just from my experience and her talking with me about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and, and I also think that most women, anyways, I, I wasn't a wife or mother. That was my choice. Uh, as I've said before, mm-hmm. teaching was the best birth control for me, but when I knew that I didn't want to be a teacher anymore because I had wanted to do that since I was six years old and I knew that I was burnt out. Well, then who, who am I? Mm-hmm. Cause I didn't know who Patty was anymore. I lost who Patty was. Yeah. And I've worked with um, CEO women, same thing. Like they've worked so hard to establish, um, you know, where they are professionally and then they get to their 40 something. And then all of a sudden they're like, Oh, okay, I really had wanted to start a family and I really wanted this and I really want, mm-hmm. but I was so caught up in with this, in this other part of my life. And now here I am. And who am I really? Because, you know, I could, something could happen to me and they'd replace me the next day. Like, right. yeah. where am I? Yeah. yeah. So, so here you have this discovery that mm-hmm. you need to know who you are. What, what did you do? Where did you go? Yeah, so um, I actually started on YouTube and was looking for anyone motivational um, that I really started like the self-love journey um, and trying to find anyone that might 
or had a message that resonated with me, I guess I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, I joined some Facebook groups, mom groups, just trying to find it. I, I felt so alone mm-hmm. really in this. So I was grasping for straws, trying to find my way. Um, I was uh, picking up books here and there. Um, Gabrielle Bernstein's The Universe Has My Back. Mm-hmm. Um, I grabbed that. Um, I was just looking for anything to help me along my path. Um, one of the first things after I, you know, started with my reading and listening and getting motivation, um, trying to tap into my uh, inner self, um, one of the things I started doing was taking care of my health. And mm-hmm. I figured that would be a really easy first step. Um, it, something I had uh, been trying to do. My last baby was born six weeks early because I had hypertension mm. and um, it never resolved after his birth. And so I ended up just kind of not p- taking very good care of myself. I was mm-hmm. overweight and pre-diabetic and I was like, okay, well, one thing I could do is, you know, try to get control of my health and I can control what goes into my mouth and I can start exercising. So I started dabbling in that and ultimately um, found that I really loved going to the gym and I really Mm -hmm. loved lifting heavy weights. And this is where that kettlebell story comes Mm -hmm. into play. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I joined a workout group with a bunch of women and it was kind of primal movements and whatnot. And one day we showed up for a group and our instructor is like, okay, everyone out to the parking lot. And we come out to the parking lot and there's this huge pickup truck full of kettlebells. And he goes, you guys are going to push that truck. What the fuck? Yeah, no, that's not (laughs) happening. (laughs) Are you serious? Yeah. um, Okay. And (laughs) um, yeah, it it was like, oh, okay. Well, this is going to be fun. So, um, yeah, I ended up, I was a barefoot to set the scene, <laughs> barefoot mm. in this parking lot, totally grounded and, um, the adrenaline rush and lo and behold, I was able to push this truck forward a few yards. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. And I have pictures to prove it. It's on my Instagram. <laughs> Holy cow. Well, I'll be going to Instagram. Yeah, Don't go until after this is done, but you definitely have to go check that out. Yeah. It was like at the most amazing moment in my life. And yeah, it was 10 years ago. I just had the Facebook memory pop up. It was 10 years ago. And it was such a pivotal moment in my life because I really found I discovered how strong I was, um, not only physically, but mentally that have that strength to push the truck. And I was like, I say it was the beginning of Michelle's badass revolution. Ooh, <laughs> that's got a nice ring to it, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. Michelle's badass revolution. It totally <laughs> changed everything for me. And all, all of a sudden I realized I deep down, I was a really powerful and strong woman. And Mm -hmm. I really embraced that moving forward from there. Wow. Wow. Well, I mean, that's quite the the revelation to have. Now, with that revelation, did your husband and your children notice a difference? 
Um, yeah, my children were pretty young, so that I don't, you know, they're like, whatever, but, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> you know, my husband thought it was really great and he was really supportive and, you know, we did a couple little diet things together and whatnot. He was pretty supportive with that. Mm-hmm. And so I kept moving with that and, um, I started going to the gym regularly and it kind of became like, my mom release therapy. Um, I, and that one hour of time became super important to me. Mm -hmm. So if it wasn't, I would go to, I would drop the kids off at school, come home, have a little breakfast and I go to the gym or a lot of times I want to go to the gym until after I put them to bed. I was, it was, it became a non-negotiable for me. Mm -hmm. I needed it. Mm -hmm. And, um, so ultimately I set a goal for myself, um, I, to, um, do a fitness competition mm-hmm. and yeah, <laughs> one of my girlfriends, um, had been doing fitness competitions and she reached out to me and said, I'm thinking about becoming a coach. What would you say to being kind of a beta client? I was like, okay, well, what the hell? Like nothing else has like really worked for me as far as losing weight. So sure, I'm game for big goals. Mm-hmm. And um, in six months, I had dropped 25 pounds. I was up on the stage in a sparkly bikini and hooker heels, strutting my stuff. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. That's awesome. And it, it was it was amazing. I I say it's one of the most liberating experiences in my life, second to having children. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, how could it not be? Wow. Yeah. I mean, you're you're up you're up on a stage bearing it all, basically, right? Yeah, pretty much. Wow. And coming from a strict religious background yes. where you're like, everything is like covered, covered. up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it was huge. And I kept it secret actually from everyone, except for my husband. He was the only one that knew I was doing it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, on, on so many levels, um, it is very empowering and enlightening what what you did for yourself because you knew mentally and physically you you needed this it was quite the the awakening uh for you and i know that you, you just said that your children you know were were so young but i i'm sure that you became an even better mom and wife because you are happier with yourself mm-hmm. so how could they not benefit from you feeling better mm-hmm. about yourself yeah, absolutely. All of a sudden, I wasn't like super grumpy all the time. And, you know, just feeling the weight of the world on my shoulders all the time. I had, um, you know, this outlet, but also I felt so much more confident and comfortable in my own skin, and really falling in love with myself for the first time honestly, in my entire life. Mm. And um, yeah, absolutely. That like came through in my family interactions. Wow. Because I know for myself, when I was reaching the end of my teaching career, um, I I realized that I had given so much to everybody else that I forgot about me. Mm-hmm. I forgot what it was like just to take a class or do something for myself. And so I had decided a couple of years before I retired, uh, I always drew just for the fun of it. But I thought, you know what, at our local uh, junior college, I thought, I'm going to take a drawing class. No, I know. I know what it it was. I wanted to learn how to play the piano. That's what Mm -hmm. it was. And I thought, I'm just going to take a piano class because the realization was 
here I am, I'm in my early 50s, and I have never taken a class for pure enjoyment. The classes I always took were for my certification or for, you know, first aid, or it had something to do with my job. It was never anything just because I wanted to do it. And even though I was probably 30 to 40 years older than the other people that were in my class, I did not care. Mm -hmm. I had such a fun time with that. Then that led me to, well, let's take a drawing class. And the same thing. I, of course, was much older than everybody else. I did not care because I was having so much more fun that through through that discovery and then taking a woodshop class, all of these things were building my self-confidence that I could see I was becoming a good teacher once again, not that I was ever bad, but I did, I wasn't living up to my own standards mm -hmm. of what I needed to do and what my kids deserved. And, but through that realization, I also knew that I was coming to the end of the road because I needed, I thought I was being selfish, but I needed to start taking care of myself because I was extremely obese at that time. My health mm -hmm. was failing and I knew from a mental, physical standpoint, I needed to make a change. And whether, and I know for me, that was God that brought that awareness to me and told me I'm shutting this door, but I have some other things for you. And sometimes, isn't it just really a leap of faith that we do have to take in order to, as my friend Brenda says, Brenda Susie, self-care and self-love is not selfish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and getting tough realization. It really is. And getting um, past that guilt of taking care of yourself is mm -hmm. a huge thing. And saying mm -hmm. no is yeah. a huge thing. Yeah. yeah. Because I know my final year of teaching was one of my very best because I knew I had made the decision. This is going to be it. So I'm just going to put everything out there. I'm going out in a blaze of glory and I'm just going to really love this. And of course, everybody goes, Patty, you're back on track. You need to, you need to, you can't <laughs> retire now. You got to stick with it. And it was like, I would tell them, it's because I know this is it. You know, yeah. I'm moving on to something else. I don't know what it is, but it's going to be great. Yeah. But I knew it was going to be something that was going to really bring me some passion and joy so I could get back to where I once was mentally and physically. Yeah. It's important. Mm -hmm. I, I really love that you um, brought up that you started taking different classes because uh, even though I was in fitness, like along the way, I was doing the exact same thing. And I think um, that's a fantastic resource for women who are trying to figure out, you know, what they enjoy doing mm -hmm. and just that curiosity bit like, what have you always like wanted to try? Right. I was, I did the same thing. I wanted to learn about stocks and trainings, uh, trading. So I did, you know, the adult ed class for that. I also, wow. um, realize that, Hey, I'm always taking my kids pictures for like holiday cards. Maybe I should dabble in photography. So I did a mm -hmm. photography class. So I, mm -hmm. same thing. It's a fantastic resource. If you're just dabbling in little things here and there and like right. finding like what really resonates with you. Right. And, and I did find even in my little part of the world of the high desert in Southern California, when I really started looking, I mean, the junior colleges or adult ed, like you just said, they really do provide a variety mm -hmm. of things that I really, 
I had failed to to notice before. And it, it opens up a whole new world mm-hmm. uh, of thing, areas that most of us don't even tap into. I think because a lot of times when you're talking about adult ed or junior, or, or junior college, everybody's thinking about academic classes, but they offer yeah. so much more than just the <laughs> yeah. academic classes. Yeah. And it's, and it's not a huge commitment, both financially or time-wise, you know, most, most of these courses are like four to six weeks, Mm -hmm. if that, but yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. I used to make like a list. I get the little catalog and I go through, I was like sushi making. Yeah, that looks good. Um, How to how to quilt. Okay. That looks fun. Uh (laughs) No, exactly. And then I also started looking at things that maybe my husband would enjoy. Like I thought the cooking classes together, learning a certain cuisine or something. So I started looking for like date night ideas too. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, fantastic resource and a really great place to start. Yeah. Okay. So you're, you're, Mm. you're on, you're on stage, you're, you're, you're showing off your, your new fitness and attitude (laughs) and all that. And, and what comes next? Well, what comes next is another pivot, pivotal moment, next phase in my life. Um, I I came home from my competition. I had, uh, it was out of state. So I came home and, um, welcome by my family, all that good stuff. Uh, the next morning, my husband comes to me and says, we need to talk. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay. And he's like, so you did this competition. You've now shared it with social media and, um, you know, you're getting a lot of attention. Where do I stand? Well, what do you mm-hmm. mean? Where do you stand? Well, you're getting all this attention now. Like, where, where does that put me as your husband now? Where do I fall into the mix? And I'm like, okay, I'm a little confused, but things haven't changed. Just the outside package changed. Everything's on the same on the inside. And so we talked through it and, you know, I tried to encourage him to maybe get involved with my gym lifestyle with me. It's something we can do together. And he wasn't really interested in it. And, um, so it started a real struggle in our marriage, a lot of contention mm-hmm. in our marriage, um, because like I said before, it became a non-negotiable for me. Right. And so I like, I need to do this for me. This is what mm-hmm. brings me happiness. And now that I've shared it with the rest of the world, um, I had a lot of women coming to me. You are such an inspiration. How did you do it? Um, how can I get started? And I was like, oh my God, maybe this is what my purpose is to help Mm -hmm. other women, you know, find their happy, get in shape. If, you know, I'm a mom to four kids, I'm super busy. And if I can do it, anyone can do it. And Mm -hmm. so I I really jumped on board with that and ran with that as well. And um, in the meantime, my marriage was starting to fall apart. Um, My husband uh, and I did not know before this, but he had a lot of security issues and securities and um, having all this attention on me really escalated them and very quickly. Wow. So um, uh, my marriage became uh, very controlling mm-hmm. and um, ultimately very uh, psychological and emotionally abusive. Mm. And, um, and I didn't share it with anyone because I thought I could handle it. Mm-hmm. And, um, also I'm not the personality that asks for help either. 
unless right. I'm desperate. <laughs> right. Which I think is a lot of women actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree too. Um, uh, I think it's a stigma that women need to have their shit together. Yes. And if you don't have your shit together, you're a hot mess express. Yes. And we laugh it off. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Yes. And we're not always very supportive of each other either. So it's like, we don't want to be criticized because that'll make, you know, if we share it with somebody and they don't, uh, we, we don't want to look bad in somebody else's eyes. We always want to try to keep this image and we end up hurting ourselves more than we help ourselves. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, you know, with all this, I was still in the church. So I was still, like you said, try, I needed to present that happy family, happy, happy wife, marriage, mm-hmm. um, you know, front as well. But at home, everything was falling apart. Um, mm. uh, yeah, it, it got, it got pretty bad. Uh, the controlling was uh, to a point where I needed to take pictures when I got to my destination. So he knew where I was at all times. Oh my gosh. And, um, and eventually I got to a point, it was about five years after, um, it all started that I got to a point where I, I couldn't do it anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. my happiness, um, meant so much to me. And I, I, at this point in time, because of all my personal growth, I knew I was worthy of happiness. I deserved happiness and Mm -hmm. I knew I didn't deserve to be treated the way I was being treated. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I filed for divorce and walked away Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, so that phase was a rough one. It was a really rough five years. (laughs) Right. And, and with your children, I mean, I'm sure they, they are, they are feeling and noticing that there is a change as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was a lot of fighting in the home, which, uh, was really horrible at this point in time. Let's see, my kids were, my older kids were 15 and 17 and my youngers Mm -hmm. were 11 and nine. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, there was the fighting and the yelling and, you know, then the kids getting involved and it's just a nightmare situation. Um, uh, the, um, psychological abuse, abuse, uh, that I used to, I didn't know what it was called at the time. So I called it passive aggressive mind fuckery. Oh, (laughs) okay. There you go. Right on. So I was like, yeah, passive aggressive mind fucking. That's what he did to me. (laughs) (laughs) That's a very good visual actually. (laughs) I I didn't have another term for it so that I I made it. (laughs) And now I think many others listening are going to take that on as well. It's pretty catchy. Yes, it is. Most definitely. But what he would do to me in the, um, in the home in particular is that he would say things in passing that would trigger me and, you know, I'd get super upset and then he would, uh, you know, tell the children or contact my parents, you know, I don't know, Michelle just flew off the handle. She's losing it. And so he really painted this picture of me being a crazy, um, person and, and he knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah, exactly. He's poking the bear, so to speak. Exactly. Exactly. And when I decided I wanted to separate, you know, he already had my parents kind of, you know, on his side, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And I got all kinds of the grass is not greener, Michelle, you know, stick with it. You guys can work it out. And, um, 
it was about two months of this. And then finally there was that moment and I just sat in the car and they were having their, they were trying to talk me down. Don't leave. Don't leave. And I was like, okay, I need to come clean. This is what's been happening. This is what I've been going through for the last five years. Mm-hmm. And, um, which had to have been a very difficult conversation yeah. because they're thinking he's Prince Charming, yeah. you know, he, he's provided you with, you know, all of this wonderful stuff, you know, mm-hmm. how could there be anything bad about him? And now you're mm-hmm. revealing the truth. Yeah. And they hadn't, they had absolutely no idea whatsoever. And, uh, you know, as I said, it's super hard for me to ask for help. I thought I could handle it. And it just got to the point where it's like, I, I need your guys' support. This is what's happening. Mm-hmm. And then from that point on, I had nothing but unconditional support from them. Um, mm-hmm. And then they started to see it too, you know, mm-hmm. when witnessing it too. So anyhow, <laughs> we got through it. <laughs> I got through it. The kids got through it. Um and it, uh, yeah, it led into the, you know, my next phase, which is the phase I'm in now. <laughs> I came out the other a, side. And, and tell us about your phase now. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, that's a little dark and blue, but everyone has their struggles. Exactly. That's exactly know? right. And that's what I enjoy. Well, I don't want to say enjoy yeah. what I feel good about having this platform is for both men and women to come and speak their truth because it is so relatable to so many people on so many different levels that it's all about bringing about awareness. Mm -hmm. And, and by you doing this, Michelle, you're, you're, you're touching so many people's lives to let them know it's okay to, to feel this way, but no, you don't have to do it by yourself. There's people and resources out there to help you and assistance. And you are not a weak person by asking for that help. Mm -hmm. In many cases, you're saving your own life. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, this by sharing my story is like a really big part of it is that I don't, like you said, I don't want other people, other women to feel alone, that they're Mm -hmm. alone in this. Um, if they're struggling, like that, they're so not alone. And, um, yeah, that's a big reason why I want to share my story with others. Um, because I felt so alone and I didn't, you know, I had no one, I couldn't talk to anyone in the church. I couldn't talk to my parents and, um, you know, it took a really like difficult moment to push me into asking for help. And, Mm -hmm. Um, and, and you got to tell, and you got to tell the dark parts along with the light parts. I mean, that's yeah. how, that's how it works. And that's what yeah. is so, so inspiring about, uh, your story is because you, these are some major challenges and obstacles that you are facing, but through those, you keep coming back, you keep reinventing mm-hmm. yourself, you keep learning more about yourself and that has led you to this next phase. Mm-hmm. So please share with us this phase you're in now. <laughs> yeah. So through all of those hard times, my uh, my little motto was the universe has my back. I always, I my faith in God kind of uh, dwindled a bit because I was like, I'm going through all this hard shit and like, why? But um, so I stripped it down and I was like, you know what? It, good things are going to happen. The universe always has my back. The universe always has my back. I'm mm-hmm. going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Look for the positive, look for the positive. And um, so little things that I did to help me get through these really difficult 
of times. Um, I love affirmations and motivational quotes. And so mm -hmm. what I ended up doing was creating these little wallpapers on my phone to um, help get me through. So every time I tap my phone to see what time it was or a notification came up, I had these little affirmations and it gave me um, a moment to just pause, check in with myself, have some deep breaths, say my little affirmation a couple of times, mm -hmm. chill out, release any negativity that wasn't serving me and move on with my day. Um, so that really helped me transition into a more healthier phase. Um, I've continued with my fitness mm -hmm. um, I and nutrition and all that stuff. But more than anything, um, I have really developed a passion for serving women and supporting women as they're going through um, their midlife awakenings. Um, the midlife crisis bit, I heard that all the time because I was 40 something when I was going through this. And I was, <laughs> this isn't a freaking midlife crisis. <laughs> it's a midlife awakening. I, I like that. Finding myself again. <laughs> yes, I like it. That that's, that has such a better ring to it than a crisis. Why does everything have to be a crisis when, <laughs> when indeed it is an awakening? Yeah. 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 I was rediscovering myself, finding my happy, what like lit my soul on fire. Um, I started to, when I came out of the divorce, out of the marriage, I, that's when I really, really focused on, um, the, my self-care and self-love and, um, really realizing that all of my imperfections and faults that I used to critique and um, get really down on myself for when I was a younger, a young mom, were all the fantastic things about me that made me me. Yes. And I just, I started to fall in love with all those things. And, um, you know, I, you know, make fun of my little quirks here and there, and this is how I am. And, you know, I never mm -hmm. swore before, but I do now. And <laughs> <laughs> it's part of who I am. Uh -huh. And, um, I, so I just love the process of, um, supporting women as they rediscover themselves and the little things that bring them joy and the excitement in their voices when they, have like a little epiphany or a aha moment. And it is just so exciting and just so um, fulfilling to me. And um, I really feel that I've um, found um, a purpose in um, helping women rediscover themselves. And I mean, again, something that you never, ever expected and look at what an, an empowering impact it has made in your life. And now that empowering impact you're making in other women's lives. I mean, mm -hmm. that is a great gift. Yeah. I would have never in a million years, like, 
I mean, podcasts didn't exist when we were kids, but I was that shy girl that like felt like she was going to puke if I got called on in class. I would have never in a million years thought I would be, you know, speaking to a multitude of people and sharing my story and just being so vulnerable and transparent and um, enjoying every moment of it. <laughs> well, and I, th- and I think a big lesson to learn is that you were willing to put yourself out there. You were, you were willing to take some risk for your own happiness and to leave yourself vulnerable and open to accepting some, some new things coming into your life. Yeah. And that's a really important piece too. Growth is scary. Evolving is super scary, but outside of your comfort zone, that's where you're going to have the most growth and you've got to take little leaps and, um, you know, risks. And, um, that's how you discover what's going to resonate with you. What's not your jam Mm -hmm. and, um, really like revolve and come or revolve, evolve and like really step into, your true self, who you are. Mm-hmm. So um, are, are they uh, life like coaching classes that you do, or do you do stuff with fitness or what, what are, what is it? How, how could somebody work with you? What do you do? <laughs> so I do one-on-one coaching um, as a life and, and empowerment coach. So um, yeah, I have my full packages and um, we can work together for various lengths of time. But um, yes, I focus on one-on-one coaching. Everyone's so individualized in, mm-hmm. um, in their journey. Mm-hmm, exactly. So thinking about your, your life's journey, out of your life's journey, would you say that there is any particular um piece of advice that someone gave you somewhere along your journey that really stands out for you that you'd like to share with our audience? Um, you know, not so much a piece of advice because I feel like I kind of fumbled through it on my own a lot, Mm -hmm. but, but I, my little gems (laughs) are, um, when you're, when you're entering into your rediscovery journey to when you're looking back on your previous life, so to speak, um, forgive yourself for the things that, um, you were, you were doing the best that you knew how that's, Mm -hmm. that was a big piece for me. I, I was doing the best with what I had and I had to, um, learn to forgive myself. Mm-hmm. um, for not knowing the, you know, the other side of things. Um, so forgive your past, forgive the shortcomings, forgive your mistakes. You did the best that you knew how. And then the next piece would be to, um, to give yourself grace. Mm-hmm. I think it's really huge. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you're almost like a child relearning so many, so many things. Um, and it's not an easy process. And, um, so the best thing you can do is give yourself some grace and give yourself Mm -hmm. some love and, um, and acceptance and realize that, um, you know, nobody's, nobody's perfect. Mm -hmm. And I, I love the phrase, uh, and I used to have it on my wallpaper. (laughs) I'm perfect. I'm, uh, what is it? Uh, shoot, <laughs> free part. I'm perfectly imperfect or imperfect. Mm-hmm. I, fe- I fell in love with my perfections, but I'm perfectly the- perfect the way that I am. Yep. 
So yeah, forgive yourself for the, for the past. You did the best you knew how move forward with grace. Yep. I love that. Those are wonderful words of advice. Now, when you work with people, a lot of times when they're seeing you, they have been beaten down by others who, when they may have tried to, to start a new life journey and uh, they have people in their life that, uh, that I like to say, uh, yuck their wow. You know, they come up with this great idea or, you know, they want to try something and they just have all these people that are just these negative Nancy, so to speak. Mm-hmm. What, what, what type of, uh, of wording or words of wisdom do you give those that continue to find these people that are constantly yucking their wow? Oh my gosh. Clear the clutter, <laughs> get rid of the negativity. I can't tell you I, like how much I had when I was I was getting into that bit too. And people were putting me down or every time I came out with something excited, someone would, you know, yuck my wow. Um, I had to do a huge purge of social media mm. and um, my followers, my friends. Um, I pretty much stopped following anyone and everyone that had nothing but negativity, anything on my feed that was bringing me down, that didn't have a positive vibe that made me feel yucky on the inside they were no longer in my life. So whether it's hiding, unfollow, unfriending, I got rid of the yuck. And Mm -hmm. because positive thinking that, that constant positive vibe is really going to help you get through it and level up. Well, it's like I've said before, my, my part of my foundation is with PMA, positive mental attitude. And that does not mean to say that, oh, I see life through rose colored glasses. What it means for me is that when the yuck happens, I, I look at how I can turn that into a positive. How can I, you know, take this bad situation or this bad thing that this person did to me or said to me mm-hmm. and grow from it and, and make myself a better person. Yeah. So that's, that's how I look at the positivity part. Not that everything's going to be rainbows and sunshine, mm-hmm. but when those dark moments come, what is the lesson and where can I find the light in that lesson? Mm-hmm. I love that. Every little negative bit, there's a lesson to be learned from it for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So at this point in time in your life, what would you say that you are passionate about personally and professionally? Mm. Um, Personally, you know, I'm really, I, I'm really loving my life right now. (laughs) Mm. I'm really, I'm in a fantastic place with my kids. Um, I've remarried uh, my soulmate and I'm Mm. extremely happy. I'm really passionate about um, my journey. Mm. I'm so excited about my journey. And um, yeah, you know, I really feel uh, I'm aligned with my purpose right now, but Mm. I know that I still have so much life to live. So I'm really, really excited and passionate about um, my journey and evolving. Um, Professionally, uh, as I said, like, I'm super passionate about supporting women and along their own journey. Um, I find so much fulfillment in sharing wins, sharing um, struggles and holding hands as women like struggle um, Mm -hmm. through the shit and are able to come out the other side and, you know, find those lessons and be able to learn and grow from them. Um, 
yeah, I just, I I'm so passionate about supporting, supporting women. Well, and the thing is, for those of you that are listening, you cannot see Michelle during this, and maybe that'll encourage you to go to the YouTube channel to watch it visually. But Michelle, just looking at you and watching you talk, the passion exudes from you by <laughs> by what you are doing in your life. It is, it it is a physical reflection of how you feel internally, and I think that's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> So, so what would you say your purpose personally and professionally, professionally is at this mm. time in your life? Mm. Um, my, my purpose right now in my personal life, um, to really, to continue the self growth, um, I, I have a like really strong focus on that right now. I'm, you know, continuing um, discovery of myself, um, uh, tapping into all kinds of different resources. I find so much excitement in learning more and more about myself every day. Oh my God, that's so fucking exciting mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to find like little gems about yourself. So mm-hmm. um, uh, my purpose of, for myself right now is really the to continue the self-discovery and continue mm-hmm. the growth um uh professionally uh to share my story to help inspire other women to take the leap to have the strength to um find their happy to realize that they deserve to have a happy, fulfilling and purposeful life Mm -hmm. and um, to grab it with two hands and run with it. Mm -hmm. You know, and both in your, your uh, passion and purpose, uh, you struck a, a big chord with me when, when you're talking about daily and it finding what, what, what lights your soul on fire, so to speak. I know for myself, I know that I will continue to grow and want to learn until the day that God calls me home, because I feel like if I ever get to the spot where I think I know it all, I've done it all, whatever, then that's the day I start dying. Yeah. And, and I, I just really want to encourage everybody out there listening. You may be at the pinnacle of whatever it is that you want to do, but don't stop looking for other things also continue to grow, continue to read, continue to experience new things, continue to go new places and learn about different people. Because I think those are all things that keep us at a level where we know what our passion and purpose is instead of just taking it for granted. Yeah. I'm always saying one of the most fantastic privileges of life is the opportunity to continuously evolve. Yes. Yes. Always. Yeah. Most definitely. So Michelle, what would you say is your superpower? Ooh, my superpower. Um, okay. Well, I'm a loud and proud empath. Mm. <laughs> uh, so my woo-woo superpower is being an empath. <laughs> um, I have a really, if I can toot my own horn a little bit, I have a really great ability to, um, to hold a safe space, hold a space for people to talk and share and open up and be vulnerable with me, Mm -hmm. um, without judgment. Awesome. 
and everybody needs that. Mm-hmm. Yep, most definitely. It's very, I'm very, I'm very blessed to have several of those safe space people in my life, and it makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you say that you are living your best life, or as I like to put it, living your best dash? Ooh, living my best life. Um, oh man, living my best life. I'm always, I am always looking for opportunity. I keep going back. I'm always looking for a chance to grow. I'm Mm -hmm. always looking for a challenge. I'm always looking for a way to push my limits so I can move further with my purpose and my journey. Um, I'm living my best life by um, sharing um, positivity and kindness with others. Oh my gosh. I, yeah, just the little things, the little acts of kindness. I know it sounds so like, you know, lame. No, it does not. No, <laughs> but no. you know, in this world, like the littlest smiles, the littlest compliments, mm-hmm. I mean, the world to people, you just have no idea if your little kind gesture could, you know, just make their life. Just making eye can't contact with mm-hmm. someone. Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't cost you anything no, except a moment in time. Absolutely. Say what you're thinking, say, you know, say the positive things, pay the compliments, Mm -hmm. like no one's going to shoot you down. (laughs) So so putting smiles on people's faces. Oh my gosh. It just, yeah. (laughs) It's the best. So do you have any final thoughts or words of wisdom that you'd like to share with our audience? Mm. (laughs) Um, Find your happy just find, find the things that light your soul on fire, find the little positivity, positive, positive moments in the day. Um, whether it's, uh, hitting every green light, driving through town, seeing a, a rainbow, making someone smile, you know, all the, having exact change. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's the little things uh, that just ultimately build and just bring so much joy to your life. So look for the little things and find your happy. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Michelle, for being my guest today. It has been a true pleasure uh, hearing your story and and being motivated. I know I'm feeling motivated and inspired, uh, especially from a physical standpoint to get back out there at the gym and, and, and start walking and get those steps in. So thank you so much for being here today. I know that you have made a connection with so many people besides myself. Oh, thank you so much. My pleasure. For those people that have been listening today, I know that they're going to want to reach out and connect with you. How can they do that? Mm-hmm. Uh, The best way to reach me and connect with me is through Instagram. My handle is Fiercely Authentic Coaching. And so for all of you that may be new to my podcast, know that in the description, whether it's on YouTube or one of the uh, podcast platforms, you can find that link in the description. So uh, those of you that are motivated and inspired and you want to talk to Michelle and get some more information about possibly working with her, then you can go to that link and get direct access to her. Thank you once again, Michelle, for being such a light in this world. More people uh, need to have someone like you in their life. Thank you so much. 
And for those of you out there listening, remember to subscribe and follow to this podcast and invite your family and friends to subscribe as well. And uh, don't forget to check out my website at www.pathwayswithpatty.org and sign up for a Zoom chat with me. Or you can also sign up and get my free Pathway to a New Beginning Roadmap. So until we meet again, continue to live your best dash and know that life's an adventure and I want you to enjoy the journey because your life matters. Thank you for joining us today and may God bless you all.